0: Do you ever feel like you're on the outside looking in? Do you feel like you struggle to fit in and find your place in social situations? Or maybe you feel like the black sheep in your family and that no one really gets you. Do you find yourself shrinking into the background, scared to step out of line, or voice an opposing opinion to the ones being presented? Do you find yourself biting your tongue and holding back in the efforts of trying to maintain your image or the presumed expectation of how you or others believe that you're supposed to fit in or behave? Are you afraid of stirring the pot? Does the fear of potential confrontation keep you from standing up for yourself? Are you afraid to take up space and to speak up? Do you find yourself shrinking into silence, making yourself malleable, and adjusting to the comfort levels of those around you? Do you ever feel like you're losing yourself in your efforts to be more compromising, to be more easily digestible for those around you? Or maybe you feel like the mediator, like everyone's personal thermostat. Maybe you take on the role of the peacemaker, so accommodating to the situations around you and so eager to present a solution or a remedy to any notable discomfort. Perhaps in your efforts to be so accommodating to those around you, you begin to lose sight of yourself And your own truth. Perhaps in these efforts to be what people expect of us, we put our own feelings and our own comfort levels aside, just struggling to fit in or to fill this void or this expectation that others have of you. Perhaps in the struggle to be what everybody expects of you, you lose little parts of yourself along the way. Maybe you find yourself spread thin and you're tired of trying to be what everybody expects of you. Do you ever find yourself playing out these patterns, playing out these tendencies, as cyclic patterns, seeing them repeating in your work relationships, in your family dynamics, in your friendships and in your romantic relationships? Do you ever find yourself questioning why you continue to play out these patterns? It's okay if you don't, but if you do, well then I ask you, are you finally ready to break these cycles? Are you finally ready to experience yourself more fully and embrace yourself more authentically? You are enough. You are more than enough. And you have always been enough. Have you ever considered that? If you have experienced any of these scenarios or if you felt similarly, well then I can assure you that you are in good company as I have spent so much of my life just struggling through these very examples. I've come to understand that these struggles They're a big part of the human experience because I believe that we all have an innate and natural desire to feel seen, to be heard, to be embraced, and to feel like we belong and to feel like we're enough. So in this episode of Illuminating the Shadow, we are going to be exploring some of these themes further, and we will be identifying and discussing a bit more about the root cause of some of these behaviors and how they present in both internal and external conflicts. Welcome back, and thank you for joining me today on Illuminating the Shadow with Britt Hampton. I'm Britt Hampton, and I will be your host and guide for our journey today. I am so very grateful that you are joining me on whatever platform you find yourself. As always, I welcome any feedback, so please feel free to leave me a review on Spotify, Apple, Audible, or wherever else you may be listening today. And if you don't want to miss out on any future content from Illuminating the Shadow, well then I invite you to hit that follow or subscribe button if you feel called to do so. I'm just so very grateful to have this opportunity to share with you a bit today, and I really hope that what I have to say here resonates. So in this episode of Illuminating the Shadow, we will be shining a gentle light of awareness into some of those dark and shadowy corners of our own personal experience as we dive in deep to explore just how some of our own habits and how some of the beliefs that we hold around self-worth, how they're demonstrated in some of these behavioral patterns and tendencies that I've mentioned. So in this episode, we will gently explore how these behaviors and tendencies, how they lead us to repeating patterns in our relationships, and these may present as conflict, as discomfort in our lives. We're going to talk a bit about how our own beliefs around self-worth, how it influences these cycles, and how oftentimes it lies at the root of many of these patterns. We will be discussing how some of these themes of self-worth and the seeking of external validation from others, how those tendencies characterize the very roles that we play out and that we maintain in our relationship dynamics. I will be also offering you a bonus meditation episode that corresponds with this material today. So if that's something that you'd like to check out, I invite you to do so and to keep a lookout for that. So today, I encourage you to approach this material with an open mind. In this episode, I hope to facilitate a safe space for you to really examine these patterns and these beliefs and how they play out in your life, in your relationships and in your experience. And as we begin to shine a light of gentle awareness into some of these dark corners of our own experiences, well then we can hold space for our experience and we can then reflect upon the events leading us here. As we begin to draw gentle awareness to our stories, our stories of shame and our own journeys in self-worth, We can then work to understand the underlying lessons and reasonings for these happenings, right? And then from there, we have an opportunity to grow. In doing this hard work, we can then act to draw the medicine out from our stories and out of the wound as we begin to identify and hold gentle space for these neglected parts of ourselves and for these neglected parts of our experiences. As we offer them the safe space to rise up to the surface of our conscious awareness to be accepted, to be honored, and to be nurtured. Because all of you, all of you, is so worthy of the very love, of the understanding, and worthy of the very compassion that you extend to others so willingly. And so as we begin to shift our awareness into acceptance, while we then have the capacity to heal ourselves heal others and to rewrite these shame-based narratives and to embrace and to really honor the journey that has led you here. We can then begin to identify, accept, and reclaim the parts of you that you have compromised along the way. Perhaps you are now ready to reclaim all those neglected parts of yourself that you've hidden away, that you've repressed, that maybe even you've deemed unlovable, shameful, or unworthy. We will be talking quite a bit about these patterns of conditioning. We'll be talking about the beliefs that we hold regarding self-worth and authenticity. And as we explore them, I invite you to explore some of these topics with an open mind. As we begin to examine these behaviors, can you see the purpose that they served? And as we begin to look closer, maybe we begin to question, are these stories and these narratives that we tell ourselves and these patterns of belief that we hold, are they still serving us? I should warn you that this shadow work, it's challenging hard work, and you may not be ready to entertain all the information that I am presenting to you today, and that's okay. For some of you, I will be speaking about things that will be really difficult to digest or even to consider, to think about. And so for those of you that may struggle to hear what I'm trying to say, I wanna assure you, that's perfectly okay. In those cases, I am just planting little seeds. I'm planting little seeds of awareness. And if you're not yet ready to nurture and to tend to these little seeds of awareness, that's okay. They will rise up and they will grow at a later time when you are ready. I want to assure you again, that there is no shame where you find yourself and no matter where you find yourself, just know that you are exactly, exactly where you are meant to be. There is no shame in taking your time and allowing your own processes to get there. So for our journey today, all you will need is a curious mind, an open heart, and a little bit of gentle self-awareness. I wanna begin by saying that I think it's a most natural thing to pursue and to value feelings of societal acceptance and feelings of belonging. I really believe that deep down, we all want to feel understood. We all want to feel worthy of acceptance and worthy of love. But sometimes throughout the natural conditioning process, the process of learning your role and where you fit in, into your family, into your workspace, at school, in your social circles, well, perhaps you find yourself compromising to a fault. Sometimes we create these patterns and these tendencies from a deep-rooted desire to be what we perceive to be more acceptable or more lovable by others. Sometimes we hold these beliefs and we maintain these patterns out of a survival necessity or out of a subconscious trauma response. We even use these tendencies conscientiously to help us better navigate hostile or unsafe situations. And we use these habitual patterns and narratives to form long-held beliefs and tendencies that we see exhibited as repeating cycles in our lives and reflected back to us in our relationships with others, sometimes with patterns spanning over generations. Maybe you were told that you're too much. Maybe you were told that you need to simmer down. Maybe you were told that you're too sensitive and that you need to man up. Don't cry. Rub some dirt in it, or whatever they say. Um, Maybe you were told that you're too aggressive or that you're too emotional. Maybe you were told to be a nice and polite girl, that nice girls don't behave that way. And so what do we do? We make ourselves small. We make ourselves quiet and we make ourselves malleable and more easily digestible for others. We bite our tongues. We knowingly hold back ourselves and our truths for fear of how we're going to be received by the other or for fear of conflict or disapproval. And sometimes we hold back out of what we perceive to be kindness. But perhaps through this struggle, whether it's conscious or subconscious, perhaps you're denying yourself the very processing that you need to address and to acknowledge these patterns, to identify and to accept the underlying wound, to heal it. So sometimes we find ourselves doing these things conscientiously, right? Like in an effort to soften the blow or in an attempt to protect someone's feelings. Sometimes we minimize our experience and our emotional responses out of a survival necessity or to help us navigate an unsafe or hostile environment and volatile situations. Sometimes we knowingly and willingly water ourselves down while neglecting our own needs and our own comfort levels for others. There are many reasons for this. We do this sometimes to avoid confrontation. Sometimes we make ourselves small to make others more comfortable. Sometimes we make ourselves small and we minimize our emotional responses and our feelings in an effort to better relate to others, to meet them where they're at and with what they're comfortable with. Sometimes we hold back and we bite our tongues for fear of coming off as too much, too emotional, or even too bitchy, right? Sometimes we perceive the ways in which we minimize ourselves. We perceive it as a service, as an act of kindness, or as an attempt to be considerate of someone else's feelings or sensitivities. And so we tiptoe. We tiptoe around people's emotions, and we tiptoe around those subjects that we believe to be too sensitive. And we candy coat the very things that maybe we should just be saying directly. And in doing so, we neglect ourselves. We neglect ourselves by downplaying our own experiences, our emotions, and by undermining our needs and compromising our own comfort levels. So sometimes we're aware of these behaviors and tendencies that we have, while other times these mannerisms are completely subconscious and you aren't even aware that this is a pattern or a cycle that you partake in. For many of us, the subconscious tendencies, they hover just below the surface of your conscious awareness. For many of us, these behaviors and these narratives, they originated in our early childhood experiences and early childhood conditioning. Oftentimes they were modeled for us in our upbringing. Sometimes these behaviors have been instilled in you for such a long time, they're second nature and you don't even realize all the ways in which you are compromising yourself. Sometimes as we perpetuate these cycles and these behaviors that we repeat as subconscious habits and tendencies throughout our adulthood, or until they become really, really problematic, right? Sometimes we even misidentify these things as personality traits, mistaking them for our own considerate nature, or for our own quiet or more introverted tendencies. Sometimes we say things like, oh, I'm just socially awkward, or oh, she's just really sensitive or empathetic. Many of these behaviors were modeled for us. Many of them were modeled in our upbringing, with our parents, with our caregivers. Some of these tendencies were nurtured and encouraged through praise and rewards, while some of these behaviors had more punishing effects and more severe repercussions. And so what do we do? Well, whether we are aware of these habits or patterns of conditioning or not, we have a most natural human tendency to adapt to the situation, right? Well, perhaps in doing just that, perhaps we lost parts of ourselves along the way while attempting to adhere to the limiting belief structures that we formed around being what we thought we should be or what was expected of us. Maybe you're tired of maintaining these expectations of how you are supposed to behave. What if I told you, it's not your responsibility. It's not your job to maintain these expectations. It is not your responsibility to try to regulate or to maintain people's impressions of you. Do you ever wonder what would happen if you gave yourself full permission to be all of you, all of you, on full blast, uncensored all the time? Do you ever think about what you could accomplish if you didn't have that fear of disappointing anyone or that fear of being misunderstood just lingering in the background and presenting a self-doubt? Maybe we aren't all meant to be comfortable for everyone. Maybe we aren't all meant to be liked or appreciated or understood by everyone. And maybe, maybe that's okay. Maybe in our pursuits to be more likable, relatable, or trying to fit in, we've compromised parts of ourselves. We've compromised our boundaries and our comfort levels, and we've compromised our integrity and our values. And so we continue to strive. We strive for social acceptance through the external validation that we seek, And where does that road lead us? It continuously leads you back to disappointment. It continuously leads you right back to your own filled expectations and into the very perpetual cycles of disappointment. Why aren't we taught that we're enough on our own? Why aren't we taught that we don't have to be anything other than ourselves? Why don't we talk about these things openly? Why is everything that is so scary, vulnerable, or different, why is it taboo? Why are we struggling to fit into this silly little box, this impossible little idea of what normal is and what you think you should be? Why are we all running around like crazy, striving for normalcy? Why is that the bar? In a society that is sick, in a society that is unwell and that is harmful, who wants to be normal? Why aren't we taught that our flaws and our quirks and our differences, well those are the very things that make us who we are and all of those differences and quirks, all of that, so worthy, so worthy of acceptance, of honor, of celebration. Why aren't we taught that we are enough and that we are worthy on our own, that we rightfully deserve to take up space to be ourselves? to be strong in our convictions and in our integrity. It is our human right to exist and to do so as we see fit. Why aren't we taught to distinguish between external validation and internal validation? Why do we place such a high value on external validation and such a low value point on internal validation? Why aren't we taught to value and to honor our own emotions and experiences through our own internal validation. Why aren't we taught to seek out our own validation over the validation that we receive from others, over that external validation? Why do we constantly undermine our own feelings, our own bodily sensations, and our interpretations of those experiences in favor of what others tell us? We've been taught and we've been conditioned to look to the other to be validated to look beyond ourselves to be accepted and to feel worthy and to feel worthwhile and this kind of conditioning if we look closely these patterns and these tendencies well they start in early childhood and they get reinforced throughout your experiences your experiences growing up your most profound and earliest childhood memories are characterized With these very beliefs and they enforce the beliefs that you hold today they mold and they shape the very cycles and patterns that we find ourselves tangled up in and as we begin to look at these patterns and as we begin to look at their origin stories and to question whether or not they are still serving us today well they will continue to play out until you take the time to untangle the knots that you got yourself tied up in and we live in this culture right where we see this and this message of seeking external validation, we see it as the cultural norm. We constantly see advertisements, imagery, and false and shallow expectations all around us, literally all around us. We have imagery in magazines, online, social media, all showing us beautiful images, beautiful, altered, filtered airbrushed up images. We have standards for beauty in which the basis for the standards, it's a false image. None of it is real, none of it is authentic, none of it is raw, none of it is real. Our culture doesn't prioritize that. So we see celebrities airbrushing and photoshopping images of their children. What kind of message does that send? You are not enough. And we see this message. We see this message reflected everywhere. Oh, but try this, buy this, maybe then you'll be enough. Maybe then you'll fill that void, right? We have a whole generation of youth right now, right now, that believe that their self-worth is reflected in the followers that they have and in the likes that they receive. And that is just horribly tragic. I am so grateful that I didn't have social media when I was growing up because getting through my adolescence, well it was hard enough without the constant reminder that I am not enough. Well, to society's bullshit standards anyway. We live in this culture of comparison where we constantly gauge ourselves in terms of our self-worth, in terms of our progress, and in terms of our success against our friends, against our neighbors, against altered and airbrushed celebrities, and against some silly made-up chronological timeline that implies that if you're not married with kids and have a family by the age of 30, well, you blew it. You failed as an adult, right? (laughs) Well, let me just say that if you are 30 and you're single with no kids, you're doing great. All right, you haven't failed anything. You have plenty of time to figure that out if you choose to. Society has failed us, okay? Society has failed me and society has failed you by normalizing these ridiculous beliefs and this bullshit idea that others know more about you and your self-worth than you do. We're taught from a young age, early childhood, To constantly look to the other for social cues, and we instinctively learn how to change and modify our behavior based upon these social cues that we receive from others and the outcomes that we desire. Since we have such a natural and innate longing to belong and to be accepted, this is the natural response. We look to our immediate and familiar environments for the acceptable social cues to follow. And so we look. We look to our parents and our caregivers and our siblings as our earliest models for these tendencies and behaviors. And as we grow up and our social circle of influence, it expands, right? So then we begin to look to our friends, our teachers. We look to the media and we observe the feedback that we receive from others. And as we do that, we unintentionally and subconsciously draw out this framework of who we think we are and how we think we should behave. We observe and we repeat many of the very behaviors and tendencies that were modeled for us. And oftentimes, these behaviors and these tendencies, they're reinforced. They're reinforced positively through recognition, rewards, verbal praise, positive reinforcements, right? Well, just as we understand the desirable models of the behaviors in this manner, we also come to understand the undesirable models in a very similar context. We learn what is bad or what is frowned down upon at a very early age. Oftentimes, our undesirable tendencies and behaviors, they were followed with punishment, reprimand, and intense feelings of shame, hurt, guilt, anger, and any other number of emotions. And so instinctively, we try to avoid those situations where those undesirable consequences and those unpleasant emotions arise. But through this framework, We are taught how to act, we're taught how to behave, we're taught what is acceptable. And so this structure and this framework, it served you in the past, it held you through your most formidable years and it has led you here, exactly to where you find yourself now. So I encourage you to reflect upon this. And when you're ready and in your own time, perhaps you begin to ask yourself, do these beliefs, tendencies, and this framework that I've constructed Does it still serve me? Is it serving me now? If you're beginning to question these cycles and these tendencies that once held you, that once kept you comfortable and safe in what you knew at the time, if you're beginning to see that those behaviors and those beliefs are no longer serving you and you're ready to release yourself from their holds, well, it might be the time to start thinking about your own journey and self-worth, where you've been, where you find yourself now, and where you wanna go from here. So as we begin to shift our awareness into acceptance, we have this capacity to heal ourselves, to rewrite these shame-based narratives, and to embrace ourselves as we honor the journey leading us here. We can begin to identify, accept, and reclaim the parts of yourself that you've compromised along the way. So perhaps now you're ready. Perhaps now you're ready to reclaim all those neglected parts of yourself that you've hidden away, that you've repressed, that you've denied, that you've maybe either deemed shameful, unworthy, or unlovable. And we can do this. We can do this together. And we do this by taking the time to cultivate an unwavering sense of self-worth by working to develop a true sense of value in yourself and by cultivating a sense of belonging so strong that these beliefs and these experiences of self-worth, they persist even when your plans don't. Even when things fall apart and you find yourself right back there in the struggle, right back in the holds of darkness, you still know that you're worthy. You still know that you rightfully belong. Your sense of worth isn't contractual or circumstantial. It's unwavering, it's unconditional. So how do we cultivate this unconditional sense of self-worth and sense of value in ourselves? How do we remain grounded in ourselves, so firmly grounded in our truths and in our integrities and in ourselves that despite the storms that you're weathering, despite the obstacles and the challenges that you're facing, the resistance you're coming up against, you still remain consistent in your feelings of belonging and you still feel worthy. Well, you can start by looking to yourself for the validation that you previously sought out in others. Your sense of self-worth and belonging, it's precious. Why do we feel this need to put something so valuable, so vulnerable and true in the hands of another? It's time to shed and release these limiting beliefs that you aren't good enough and that we need others to tell us when we are. One of my favorite Maya Angelou quotes says, do the best that you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. So now that we know better, can we try to do better? I'd like you to understand that this work, this work is a process. It's a long and ongoing process. There will be challenges. There will be resistance and that growth friction I like to speak about. This is the kind of work that doesn't happen overnight, and even once you notice yourself improving and beginning to foster and grow in your own self-worth, it isn't like, bam, status achieved, level up, task complete, go ahead and check that box. No, it tends to be work. It leads to more work, different work, but work. Work in self-worth, self-acceptance, and self-love. Work that is worth it, I promise you. So I ask, you, I ask you to allow yourself some gentle grace in this process, to recognize that you are a human, having a human experience, and let's be real. Humans are flawed, and that's okay. Be kind with yourself, and be gentle with yourself. Be gentle in your own expectations. Be gentle with yourself in your self-talk, and with this whole process, this act of allowing yourself grace this is hard work and it can especially be really hard and a struggle for people that weren't taught this as a child if gentleness and grace wasn't a part of your childhood experience then it's really hard for you to accept it's hard for you to accept it from yourself and it's hard for you to accept it from others so regardless of where you are I wanna still encourage you to really try, to try to be gentle and loving towards yourself, towards your processes, and to know that it's okay. It's okay to be exactly where you are, feeling exactly what you feel. Your experience is valid, and you are worthy of this gentle exploration of understanding and of acceptance. So many of us struggle, we struggle to see ourselves as worthy. We struggle because of our past mistakes, the regrets we have and the times that we've disappointed ourselves or each other and this is why this shadow work is such important work we must first honestly acknowledge and accept what is already done what has happened already our past mistakes included and we can do this by offering these memories these traumas these patterns and systems of belief the gentle space and awareness to bubble up to the surface of our conscious awareness for healing and resolve. And as these things begin to bubble up and we begin to hold space for them, well then we can begin to accept them by allowing ourselves this gentle space to honestly recall them, by sitting in reflection, and by allowing yourself to really feel your feelings. Can you begin to accept them and heal these patterns? True acceptance releases us from the cycles and patterns of blame, whether we blame ourselves or whether we blame the other party involved. And in doing so, we can then transmute our experiences of hurt, anger, guilt, and shame into worth, into loving acceptance, and into lessons. And as we begin to accept our experiences, our mistakes, our regrets, along with our past belief systems. Perhaps then we can begin to forgive ourselves. Forgive ourselves for not knowing better at the time. And then we can begin to rewrite some of these shame-based narratives. Forgiveness is a radical act. Forgiving yourself is a radical act. Having the courage to look at your life and to reflect on it and to really sit in the emotions of your experience and to challenge what you think you know That is radical, that is brave and such hard work and I applaud you for even considering it. I am here to remind you that all of you, all of you is so worthy of love, of honor and of the gentle space. Your experience is so valid. Even those parts of you that you were taught are unworthy of expression or undesirable especially those parts of you that were taught were unworthy of expression or undesirable, especially those parts of you that you feel a need to deny, to justify, to repress, or to shy away from. All of your experience is so valid, it's so worthy of compassion and acceptance, and I see you. I see you doing this hard work right alongside me, and for that I am grateful. So now that we know better, can we maybe consider doing better for ourselves? Perhaps being more gentle with ourselves. I can assure you that you are worthy. You are so worthy of the understanding and compassion that you extend to others. And it's time that you recognize that. It's time that you allow yourself the same grace and same consideration that you so effortlessly give to others. I want to remind you that you are enough, you have always been enough. And if anyone, if anyone tries to tell you otherwise, well that's more likely reflective of their own experiences than of you. Because the bottom line is, we are all so worthy. We all deserve to take up space. We all deserve to be seen and to be heard. We deserve respect and patience We all deserve to feel safe being ourselves, all of ourselves, uncensored, on full blast all the time. We all deserve to feel like we belong because we do belong. So I want to share a quote with you and this quote is from Atticus and he says, watch carefully the magic that occurs when you give a person just enough comfort to be themselves. And I hope to do just that right here, right now, and with you all. I hope to provide that safe space and the encouragement that you need to do this hard work and to dive in deep. I am here to remind you that all of you, all of you is so precious and so worthy of love, of honor, and of the gentle space. And your experience, your experience is so valid. Especially the parts of you that were taught were unworthy of expression. Especially the parts that you were taught that you needed to hide away, justify, and deny. All of your experience is valid. And it is all so worthy of compassion and of acceptance. And I see you. I see you. I see you trying. And I see you here with me. Thank you for that. I am so grateful that our paths crossed when they did, and I really, really, really hope that this episode of Illuminating the Shadow podcast, that it resonates with you, and I hope that there is at least one thing that you can take away from this episode and perhaps ponder in your own time. I hope that me sharing a bit today, that it served you, and if it did, well then I invite you to hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss out on any future content from Illuminating the Shadow. And if you're maybe ready to dive in a bit deeper into your own personal growth and into your own journey in self awareness and self worth, well, then I invite you to check out my bonus episode that accompanies this one, in which I'll be guiding you through a heart centered meditation that I have designed specifically to aid you in your efforts of nurturing a deeper connection to yourself. And by hopefully helping you, to cultivate a deeper sense of belonging and a deeper sense of self-acceptance. So if that's something you're interested in, please feel free to check it out. Until next time, this is Illuminating the Shadow with your host and guide, Britt Hampton. And I'm here to remind you that there is power in your voice and there is medicine in your story. Until next time.